All right, yo, welcome back to another episode of Monday Night Hustlers, the number one poverty pod on the internet. Uh, back again for episode 17. Uh, on today's episode, we talked a little bit about uh, Chernobyl, the, the new hit show on HBO, little mini series. Uh, so if you haven't watched that, check that out. Uh, talked to, then we went on to talk about YouTube algorithm, um, you know, what kind of movies or videos. Uh, is YouTube recommending you to watch, and is it what you want to watch? So, I challenge what YouTube is curating for us, and I don't think it's right. It's something wrong in their in their algorithm. I think they need to fix it because I'm not finding a lot of videos I want to watch nowadays. So, be on the lookout if you're an avid YouTube watcher like us. Let me know what you guys think on that. Um, Nick gives us a bit of an Arkansas update. Him and Dan exploring. The beautiful state of Arkansas, and then goes on to talk about. I asked him about how he how he's managing change remotely, not being here in Chicago and having his team out there. Um, so gets in a bit of that, and I think it's some good insight about how he how he's running his startup with him and his brother, um, and then also gives us some behind the scenes insider look into. Uh, some new change features coming to the app near you. So be on the lookout for that. And then we get into our boy, the homie, Robert Smith, who relieved over 300 students at Morehouse College and $40 million of student loan debt. So shout out to that guy. Didn't know who you were before. (laughs) Our household name. Yeah, not your household name. You're a savior for... Uh, 300 plus students so they'll never forget you and then um, we'll see what those kids hopefully they uh, they give it back in the near future and and do good things with uh, all the extra income they're about to have so good on that and yeah then Nick Nick, Nick was pretty hot in this episode he uh, then went into financial literacy ed- education how we can educate our youth on how we should be thankful yeah and be smarter with our money and then yeah he gets into his uh, his deep thought about the power of the thank you so people if you're not saying thank you enough say it more because it means a lot and it goes a long way so do more of that be more thankful give more thanks um then we talked about a performance reviews, uh, kind of boring, but you know it happens in you know corporate world, in the startup world, and also Scott and his any conventional job kind of has a performance yeah. review. Yeah. yeah, so kind of give our our little bits and pieces on that. Even when Nick worked his quote unquote real job before before the <laughs> startup. Uh, yeah, so we talked about that, and then uh, Scott talked about a science topic uh, with iodine, and I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> In reference to the Chernobyl show. Yeah. So, so yeah, so yeah, learn learn about some iodine. All right. <laughs> Hope you enjoy. All right. Peace. Later. Yo. <laughs> Yo. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, Let's go. Episode 17. The date is May 20th, 2019. 
Uh, anything significant, like any like holiday that was this weekend or something? Uh, I don't have anything to tie May 20th. Uh, I mean, I think we're in the middle of Ramadan going on right now. Yeah, Ramadan is, is going on. That's, Ramadan. Uh, uh, can you guys explain what Ramadan is? Uh, it's a month fast of sun up to sundown. Um, don't know. Don't know Honestly, anything. yeah, I'm kind of ignorant on that. I think it has a similar um, feel or uh, idea behind it as like Easter, just kind of like humility and understanding that, you know, God is great and all that um, good stuff. I should probably know more about this since like yeah, half, half my family is half my family's Muslim. But... <laughs> we have we have our one Muslim friend, and this guy can't tell us what's wrong with that. I mean, I'm not Muslim Catholic. <laughs> I know, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's really all I know is they fast and they they're not a fan of it. Can't even drink water. Hey man, that's a challenge. It's a, I, I like I like uh, religions that put challenges on people uh, from a physical aspect like lent for catholics it's kind of a challenge although it's a little bit weaker than ramadan but it's nice to test your body um, and appreciate what it can do from time to time but what about another way to look at that do you think it it kind of agitates and aggravates those who are uh, practicing and therefore like ruining productivity and um... no that i think that's the whole point of it is you know you you challenge yourself to do something for your faith. Yeah. And at the end of it, you realize that, you know, your faith takes care of you. And you're, you're a better person on the other side of it. I don't think it's just that, too. But, I mean, how many times, like, when we, we play organized sports um, or we play football and everyone had to suffer through the same kind of, you know, physical uh, exertion and, and demands and it built this kind of camaraderie or just – we all have the shared experience and brings community together and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree, but I don't know. I was just asking if there's any correlation to, to So I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching this Blazers game and there's a, a Muslim guy on there that like, yeah. Enos Cantor. Yeah. So he, they had a little segment on him on how he during the season has to fast um and like how his team is all supportive and how Hakeem um Olajuwon also did the same thing back in the day in the in the heyday of the NBA and I just think it's awesome that a, a professional high caliber athlete can play a high caliber sport while you know fasting and not getting the nutrients necessary for that game um it just shows like how, how powerful the body is yeah resiliency man yeah. Uh, forward, we got a shout out to Dan. Dan's uh, flying out to Wisconsin to credit union partner right now. He's uh, on a little putt putt plane, so he flew out from Little Rock um, out to Chicago. He was in Chicago on a two hour layover. Then he took a little putt putt plane from Chicago to Little Cross, Wisconsin. So he's not able to join us today, but maybe what, uh, uh, what part of Wisconsin? Uh, Lacrosse, Wisconsin. I'm, it's it's. It's, a couple, it's like four hours. It's four hours from Chicago. Uh, I think it's like toward the east side of the state, obviously. Um, but it's a nice little town, mountainous. Nice. And also, shout out to our newest listener, Ashley Durr. She's been uh, 
listening to all of the episodes and giving some uh, feedback. Uh, she thinks it's hilarious. Did so she listen to Shout out, Ashley. Love you. Yeah. I got to mention her net laughing nervously listening to the shit we talk about. Like, not an actual hilarious. Like, she finds it actually funny. She's just like, oh my God, I'm associated with these people. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, they, I think, I mean, maybe it's a combination of both. And I, I told her today, I'm like, I hope, like, I'm always worried about saying something incriminating, like saying something stupid that's out in the public airwaves. But uh, from what she says, nothing crazy is being said. Yeah. I'll say a couple of political things. And obviously, just like everyone else that listens, they fall asleep during the Game of Thrones segment. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that's over. Well, that's all right. I've been falling last... asleep during the goddamn episodes. So. <laughs> it's our last last ever segment is today. It's our it's our longest running segment. I did the math. Uh, our most that's long, our longest long, running segment and most consistent. Yeah. Well, yeah. What about what about Scott's science facts? That's my favorite segment. Uh, it's not, he's not at six, and he's not, and it hasn't been consistent. We we've done this. Five weeks in a row, it'll be six weeks. So, yeah, that's... Damn, now I got to come up with something. Yeah, this, this is a call to uh, Hot Seat to Nick's Deep Thoughts and Scott's sign segment. So, you guys got to bring it. Um, or else Scott and I would just bring a, a TV topic. He got me on Chernobyl, so I've been watching that. Oh, yeah, it airs tonight, too. I'll watch it tomorrow. Yeah, one, yeah. only five Cherno- Chernobyl? Yeah, Chernobyl. Uh, it's a series? Yeah, it's a mini mini series. It's only five episodes. Okay, good. Hopefully, it stays that way. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think you can keep doing things about Chernobyl. No, you can't, yeah. you can't make another Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, Chernobyl. Yeah. Dan Dan was actually putting that on uh, Netflix the other day as he was falling asleep. Like, well, oh, I'm watching this new show, uh, Chiro Nable, or something like. That's all weird. I'm like, you mean Chernobyl? Nice. Oh, yeah. Did Did he think it's a it's a fiction series? Uh no, I mean he was like a, he was like a docu series, but like I mean Chernobyl spelled really weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's Russian. I think it's funny how all the actors in that show um, are are British, and so they and, and they speak with a British accent. Yeah, it's so <laughs> so so they always be like no one talks like this. Yeah, it's like uh oi comrade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mate, comrade. Yeah. Mate, slash comrade. Hey, mate, comrade. I don't have a British. good accent, a good British accent, but yeah, it's a British accent. But they, you know, they say all the Russian names and they say all like the Russian slang and like uh, Boris and yeah, comrade and yeah. <laughs> Boris. That's Russian slang, Boris. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, every, every Russian group's got a Boris. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, just my dumb brain making a, something funny out of like a almost a catastrophic event in our planet. Yeah. Uh, so what ha- what happened in Chernobyl? Was it just a nuclear testing site or something? Yeah, nuclear power plant that like blew up, and Russia tried to hide it and say it wasn't a big deal. And the bigger or the longer they let it go on, the the bigger the crisis. The worse it got, yeah, worse it got. Just so, yeah. yeah, so like after like it's... two days, the effects of the radiation were uh, larger than the effects of the the nuclear bomb we dropped on Hiroshima. Um, and then, <laughs> if they said if they like, it hasn't got to that part yet in the series, but like the the, the measures that they took in the in the three days after or whatever, uh, they sent a te- they sent the team on there that told they they told them you're pretty much gonna die like doing this but you're going to save the planet like if they didn't do that within a few days then like the whole planet would have blew up 
<laughs> the whole planet wouldn't have blown up, but yeah, the planet. So you 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 explain, you explained Chernobyl to me pretty well. What? So I, watch, I said you explained Chernobyl to me pretty well, so I don't need to watch the show. Did I really? I feel like yeah, I yeah. Like you just need to keep I mean, watching. Uh, you just need to keep watching episodes of fucking uh, what's that dude? Perfect. Oh no! So uh, Dan and I have been watching Good Mystical Morning. You know that, that show we watched, kind of. No. What is Those it? guys that like do like food tests or whatever the Rhett and Link. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's. I mean, that's like good entertainment because it's like they're they're making you laugh. They're funny. They're good personalities. Do you find so uh, this is on YouTube, right? Yeah. So can we can we sidebar into YouTube right now? Sure. Uh, have you noticed that? And YouTube... then I, and then I, and then I want to go back to talking about whether or not it's okay to talk shit about Russians. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you think YouTube's algorithm is like, like has been fucked for the last like I don't know couple months? I feel like they used to be so good at, at wasting my life, and now, like when they have videos that are recommended for you or like videos that are up next, like has nothing to do with what I want to watch. And I mean, sometimes it's like okay, I kind of want to watch it, but I've been like watching this like ten minute video on how to cook like buffalo wings. Like I want to watch more videos on how to people cook buffalo wings. But like it'll, uh, what was the video? It, it off like it recommended. Um, I think it was like a bar rescue like video. I'm like, I don't want to see a bar rescue right now. I want to see more. Well, I think that I think they're trying to diversify what they show you because if you keep watching buffalo chicken video, buffalo chicken wing videos, you're eventually gonna be like, all right, I figured it out. As opposed to, all right, what about this that has a little bit to do with buffalo chicken uh, wings and stuff? I mean, I think they're doing a great job as far as like that main screen of like your YouTube or whatever, uh-huh. it, it, like everything on there, I, I watch at some point, not that I want to watch right now, but it, what they do the best job at is feeding you the next video. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I never had a problem with that before. I just feel like recently, like the well, algorithm has kind of been like, fuck. well, I'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, at least through the YouTube app on my phone, I mean, the, the, what would be the, the main interface like where they have the recommended videos that you might be interested in um like when i refresh that i don't get much variety at all like you know i i, I think i watch a, a, a wide variety of youtube videos in general but it's always like bobby lee portions of bobby lee's podcast or joe rogan stuff or like well that, that's your fault that's your fault that's your fault for not diversifying your youtube watching well, no, that's what I'm saying is that I feel like I feel like that the the search engine has uh, like you know what we should do we, uh, we should post our we should, we should post a screenshot of oh our, what's up ambulance oh yeah what's going on I missed that <laughs> yeah yeah close that um we should post uh that was a hard L going by with the with a crash rocket but uh, we should <laughs> screenshot our watch history and then see like where it's all at you know. And then, and then we try to curate what, like, we should, like, like you send me a screenshot, Nick, and I'll curate. No, so, like, yeah. so, so my YouTube strategy, so I have Safari on my computer, Safari, Safari, Apple browser, and I have Chrome. <laughs> on Safari, I watch a certain type of video, and it yeah. serves me that certain type of video. On Chrome, I watch something completely different, and it serves me those types of videos. So I have, I have, like, a... Like if I want to like learn stuff and like watch TED talks and like learn about business and stuff, that's my my Google Chrome YouTube recommendations. If I just want to waste time and like 
turn my brain off. I have Safari to watch like Dude Perfect and and like uh, the people that drop stuff off a off a tower and like see what smashes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. so, like, I've I've kind of curated it myself to a certain degree as far as I, I know YouTube's gonna learn what I want to watch, so I don't want it to like pigeonhole me to a certain kind of class of video. So I just use different browsers. So if I want to like start learning about something completely different or like watch a different type of video, I'll open up a Firefox browser that has the cookies there um, that track what I watch that will give me those types of videos. So, I mean, I'm not putting any fault to YouTube because their algorithm doesn't have like any bias outside of just the numbers that it crunches. So. No, I know. I'm, I'm just saying it might be a little janky, and I think they should go back well, and visit that. that. Well, that was what I was trying to hint at, was that I just feel like that the, the most recommended videos are content that I've watched recently as opposed to yeah, the, uh, the, the wider array of my experience or time being on YouTube. Like, whereas I feel like Spotify, like when Spotify's the, their new playlist, suggested playlists come out, I feel like it's music that I originally like started put like when I first got Spotify, I created a bunch of different playlists, you know, uh, for working out, some for just kind of uh, chilling out, uh, like post instrumental music and all this stuff. And I feel like that that initial kind of time when I cued all that music or put it in a playlist is like all the algorithm just focuses on all that older original music that I put on my phone as opposed to the newer stuff that I listen to now. And I just get, get keep getting recycled like old stuff that I used to listen to as opposed to. Are we are we yeah. consuming too much content and, and content well, keep? Oh, up for us? sure. I think so. That's what I think. And also, Spotify, like, I've been watching... Spotify does a good job at like segmenting your likes. So, like, yeah, they'll tell you, you know, your flashback from 2017. So, like, your old school listens and like, yeah, what's new do, and, and the release radar and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of, I guess that's part of my fault is most of my interaction with Spotify, at least the exposure of new music is kind of through just that release radar and then the, the yeah. weekly, whatever one. Discover Weekly. Discover Weekly. There you go. Oi. Uh, yeah, but I was just going back to, um, I've, I've followed some YouTubers for a while now and like most of their shit is about them just complaining about not making enough money on YouTube. So I was just wondering if the lack of content had to do with it too. And like Scott, I think kind of, kind of added to my theory a bit when he said they just give him older videos that he's already seen. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a lack of content. Maybe it's just, uh, I don't know. All right, fuck YouTube. On to the next one. All right. Um, oh, Nick, Arkansas update. What's what's going on in, in Arkansas? Arkansas. So uh, we had a pretty good weekend. Uh, um, it rained a little bit, but Dan and I were able to go on like a fifteen minute, fifteen mile bike ride over to this this uh, this dam. It's, uh, and there's a bridge over this dam on the Arkansas River. It's called the the bridge is called the big damn bridge um, no. <laughs> it's just like this gigantic walking and biking bridge that's over the dam and like i've never seen like a dam that close this isn't like one of those dams that holds water at a higher level and like you know to make a lake at the bottom like like you've seen in the past so, like doesn't hold a lake or whatever it just like it's a electricity producing dam so yeah, essentially yeah it was it was pulling water that was like two or three feet higher than the other end of it and just like blasting it to the lower level of the dam or of the river. And what it did, it was, it wasn't just like water pouring into the river. It was blasting from like under the water on the other side. And like, you can just stare at this water for like hours. Yeah, the power. Lost. 
yeah and just get lost in the power of like this water and what it's doing and the different like currents that it's creating um but it, i mean it was just it was just fun one the bike ride was awesome just like going down this this path and then you know obviously i'm out of shape so like it was it was, it was a struggle um but <laughs> it was a good 15 16 mile bike ride um where we uh checked out this dam and jeez, oh, i'm watching summer i'm watching the uh golden state portland game in the background and steph curry just hit like a half court shot nonchalantly <laughs> um and like this this uh i mean the river's gross it's like brown and dirty um but this dam was pretty cool and like the area around the river is pretty nice and arkansas i mean I, I told Dan today, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of liking this town. Not that I would ever move here or anything like that. Um, but it's a nice place with nice people. One of the funny things about it is, like, you don't know where the hood starts and where it ends. So, like, it's very, like, intermingled. So, like, you could be, like, in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm, like, two blocks over. It's the hood. And, like, a block later, it's, like, there's rundown houses with, like, white trash and stuff. And then a block later, it's, like, million-dollar mansions and, like, the hills and stuff. So... Um, it's an interesting place for sure. Like I, I was talking with Dan and he said the the wealth gap is like super like pronounced here. So it's a bunch of rich people, then a bunch of poor people. There's no middle class here from what we see at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have any like major like industries there? Like any like logistics hubs or? I mean, finance. I mean, Walmart is here, right? So yeah, uh, Walmart's in, in the next town over. Benville. Um, yeah. Benville, yeah, but uh, like Little Rock itself, it's we actually drove by the governor's mansion, um, and it's a nice little place, but it's uh, it's the capital of Little Rock or it's the capital of Arkansas, and there's a lot of like financial services companies here, a lot of banks. Um, the there's the Bill Clinton Library, which is like super nice. Which when you guys come down, I want to take you guys to because it's it's a nice little spot, um, and there's like a hipster neighborhood. Um, and it, I mean, it's not big, so you can explore all of it in like one, one day. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll be down next week. Yeah. Next weekend. Um, not next weekend, the weekend, no, after, the no. weekend after that. Yeah. The weekend after. Sorry. Fucking guy. Not the holiday week. Weekend. The weekend after. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, not, 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 so like not this weekend, not next weekend, the weekend after that. Right. Yeah, wait, this weekend, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, so it's the weekend after. No, not the weekend after, because I'm in New York. No, you said June 7th. Yeah, that's the weekend after next weekend. Yeah, this weekend's Memorial Day weekend. The weekend after is... Like the 30th. The 30th of May is that next weekend, and then after that, you guys are coming down. Okay. Um... Was I gonna say? Oh, uh, so how, how's it been going at the accelerator? Uh, what are you guys on week four now? Uh, I think it's week three. No way. It's gotta be like week four. Today's uh, week four. I made I made three, oh, yeah, week first four. weekend they were gone. You didn't the second week. Last week we didn't make any, so this is week four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good so far. So now we're having a bunch of banks come in. Um, and we're pitching them like this week we have three banks coming in um, and we're essentially going to be introducing what we're doing to them. Um, and in the meantime, there's a bunch of like feedback and workshops and stuff. So 
it's it's pretty it's hectic but you have enough time to do like your your business and run your business and do your work so it's not like uh taking over that part of it <clears throat> but uh i mean it's probably the best opportunity to get in front of 50 60 banks in a 12-week period that you would never be able to do on your own so oh yeah um, um so how do you how do you nick feel about remotely i guess managing your team so what, what's your team doing i mean I'm, they're all i'm assuming they're all up here in chicago still so um what are you guys doing to try to stay connected with them i mean so for the most part like dan and i have always been working together side by side and then we'd have our developers come in occasionally like we've always been good at being a remote a remote team and we have meetings three times a week where we kind of talk about what's going on um and you know we kind of stay in tune with that and then there's we're tracking everything on like Trello and like seeing what's going on and if there's questions we communicate via slack so it's not that hard um we've we've never been in an environment where we had every single person on the team in the office at the same time for a long period of time so uh not a big major difference um the only thing is like the you know i want to see my guys i want to see the team i want to see everything that's going on but um work's still getting done and we're moving forward so it's good you guys have any plans or updates that you plan on doing with the app anytime soon yeah, we're doing a, a big release. It was insider info, a uh, big release that's coming out hopefully by the end of this week that's going to add refinancing to the mobile app. Uh, also introduce a in-app browser. So right now when you click the link that links to an external URL outside of the app, it would open up a Safari browser. Now we're bringing that into the app. So we're going to continue to have people engage within the app um, and a couple of other smaller things including adding uh, the ability for users to contact support right within the app as opposed to sending a uh, setting up a separate email uh a lot of things like that uh i mean they're big fixes but like they're minor when it when it like when we think about what the upcoming projects are um so nothing uh i mean everything's going well so like things are moving forward and people are are, are killing it and and uh making updates to the app that are meaningful to our members. So happy about that too. That's good. Yeah. Um, I guess we can kind of, that's, I mean, it's pretty exciting, but, um, and I'm glad that you shared that, that kind of, um, you know, update with your app. Yeah. And, I mean, if, if, our, if our competitors are listening, I mean, catch yeah. up, bro. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I was, it was good insight too about the, uh, you know, how you interact with your team being a, being a startup. It's good, a uh, good insight into potential. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like we're, we're like interviewing interns and like telling people about what we're trying to do. And at the end of the day, everyone on the team is super like driven to be a part of what we're doing. So like we're selling, we're selling the dream or selling what we're doing. Um, and, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to have a team of awesome people that, um, believe in what we're trying to do and are busting their ass, even though day to day it might not seem like it. And and I talked about this before on the podcast, but like taking a step back and taking a look at the bigger picture of what's actually been done um, is super important because when you're in the day to day in the trenches and stuff, you're like, oh, why isn't this shit ready? Why isn't that shit ready? What's going on over here? Why aren't we doing this? What's that? So you get lost in that. 
Um, but you know, that at the same time is a benefit too. So, um, all is well in change land. Okay. Dope. Scott, you got anything to add? Uh, not much. Sorry. I was reading a little bit about that, uh, Chernobyl show and why they use that board. All right. Um, I guess we can talk about this, the, this billionaire, Robert Smith, the homie. Uh, did a commencement speech at Morehouse College. So, Wally, did you do a little background research on who he is? Yeah, he's chairman of Vista Equity. Um, and that's it. <laughs> so he has an equity oh. firm, right? But like, yeah, I don't, he's worth $5 billion. $5 billion. Yeah. How do you make his money? Um, I don't know. I know he went to school in New York. He didn't even go to Morehouse. Um, I don't know his people- to Morehouse. People were saying, like, uh, now the race is on to get uh, Robert Smith to talk at the next commence- commencement <laughs> address so they can pay off their loans. There's no way. I, he would go broke. Yeah. He? No, I know. But, like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, th- the fact that that's a big news story means that, you know, student it's loan student debt in itself is, like, a big effing deal. You know, it's, like, a big thing that people are stressing about. Um well, I just don't understand is, I mean, based on what you said, those figures were before about how much each individual person, like the average was, is unless those people were becoming lawyers or doctors, why the hell is their education even close to that? Right. Yeah. So like the numbers in, in, a, in an article I read, I'm not sure what the source was, but it said 396 students were having their loans paid off with a grant that would cost him $40 million, which averaged out to about $101,000 per person. Now, I'm not sure if that grant is going to pay for other things outside of just the student loan debt, but if that's the case, that's a very high, you know, student loan balance. Although, so like yeah. this is an African American school, and African Americans are tend to take out more loans, or they're they're you know um, in a position that they graduate with more student loan debt. So that makes a little bit of sense. But 101 thousand dollars is a lot of student loan debt for someone that's getting an undergrad maybe it's a master's degree i'm not sure what the maybe, yeah yeah single score so what nick i think you and i we talked about this a little pre-show but what do you think the implications are for the the students who are getting this grant i mean i think it's a great thing so like all of a sudden like it's kind of it's like a shock though right so like you're you're a college educated person you're anticipating you're going to need to pay off this debt over the next 21 years on average, according to statistics, and all of a sudden you have, you have this burden lifted off of you. Now, what are you going to do with it? Are people going to appreciate it? Are people going to take advantage of it? Are people going to spend more on things that they don't need to spend? Or are they gonna actually going to, are they actually going to make something of it and be successful? The real, the real, uh, like indicator of the success of this grant is going to be, hey, did the 2019 class at this university perform better than any other uh, class because they graduated with less debt. If they didn't, then maybe, you know, the the fact that student loan debt is an obligation that you signed up for and you need to pay off is something that people need to live through. Uh, so, like, I mean, only times you can tell when it comes to that. But, you know, I, me, for instance, when I borrow money, I understand that I have an obligation to pay that back. And if something happens, like, you know, someone's going to pay it off. Great. But like, you have to go into it with a mindset of this is my obligation 
and I'm obligated to pay this back. So I'm going to do it. I'm not going to try to find an easy way out. I'm not going to do some forgiveness thing. I got value out of this money. So I'm going to pay it back. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of it comes down to the fact that people are just not financially educated until right. they have to make these giant decisions. And even then don't get educated. They're just, Follow the, you know, the yellow brick road of society and tells us to go to college all the time and you churn out people that don't have degrees that are kind of worth the marketplace, worth anything in the marketplace. So, but it, that was, I, I wanted to bring this up is, and you kind of hit to that. That would actually be a good case study to form is like follow these students around and see what kind of decisions they make with the excess money that they have available and see if, you know, they climb the, uh, you know, the, the, not the, not the corporate ladder, the, the financial ladder of the United States quicker, and, you know, make smarter investments and invest in the future as opposed to buying stuff or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure someone's going to do that. Like at well, the end of, of the day, at the end of the day, this, what he did is a band aid, And, um, you know, the real source of the problem is teaching people about financial, um, about their financial lives and financial literacy early on. So yeah. instead of, British literature, which I enjoyed in high school, teach me how to balance a checkbook and teach me how I need to save for college or uh, save for my first mortgage. What's a credit score? I didn't know that shit until I had a credit score, until I applied for my first credit card and they said, fuck you, no. So, <laughs> like, you have no credit. I'm like, what do you mean? Everyone has credit cards. Why can't I have one? Um, so, like, you need to teach that, teach that stuff early on. Yeah, I just don't know like why when when do you think it should be taught and in like and in, in what capacity i mean like literally in grade school you know you get ten dollars what do you do with this oh i'm gonna spend it on candies like all right what if you need to pay for your your lunch money or your bus fare like little things in the beginning so like this code thing i i i, I mentioned to you scott where it's like teaching kids early on how to code with emojis. It's not necessarily like code. It's not going to build anything, but it's teaching you the logic behind it. So teach the logic behind financial literacy and then continue that in high school when you have a better understanding of it and you're actually making some money with your first job. And then in college, um, when you're, you know, borrowing tons of money or, you know, if you teach someone in high school the effects of a student loan or any kind of debt, um, they're they're not going to borrow as much money. They're going to be like, hey, is it worth me paying $40,000 for this $20,000 loan? Probably not. Maybe I should, you know, save a little bit more money and go to go to college two years later after I, ha I can pay 50% of it or something. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, just even, even just, I mean, going to community college, your first two years where you get all the gen eds, like if you have a clear vision of what you want to major in, or even if you don't, that's that's the best time to go is when you don't have a clear vision to just go get your math and, you know, science courses, the basic ones knocked out. So that when you go to school, you don't have to spend, you know, a year and a half's worth of money taking those courses. Yeah. I mean, some people are, are, are have enough logic and are smart enough to like, All right, I'm going to I'm going to invest this money into college. But, but like a lot of people just toss into this without any kind of decision making. They said, I just have to go to college. So they do it and they borrow 60, 80 K and they're on the other side of it with a $40,000 a year job that they could have gotten anywhere else. Um, you know, so it's, it's educating people. Yeah. And for, and I think tuition should be based on like, so one thing I've, <coughs> excuse 
excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting over a cold. Uh, one thing I've, I've heard that people are doing in like, not even the startup space, but in the finance space is basing tuition off the potential income of someone's degree. So if you're going to school for a music degree, maybe your tuition shouldn't be as much as someone that's going to school for a business degree or a law degree. So like if you want a music degree and you're going to make $40,000 a year being a music teacher, maybe you should only pay $10,000 for your entire college education. And the person that's going to go to law school and make $300,000 a year, maybe you should pay a little bit more. So, you know, things like that. And like everything needs restructuring. It's too much to even think about in one period, but um, there's a lot that can be done to address this. Yeah, certainly think so. At least I hope so. All right, let's get, let's get off the student loan debt topic. I talk about that every day. Okay. Um, I want to go back to uh, kind of change and, and, and kind of the startup environment. Do you, and I, and I was talking to Scott about this uh, before a bit, about performance reviews, because Scott just had his, I also just had mine. Do you kind of have performance reviews with, with your employees? Not formal performance reviews, but... You know, obviously, I mean, our CTO, like when he sees that our developers aren't, you know, doing what they need to do, he'll he'll say it. And sometimes he'll say it brashly, and then I have to step in, and like, hey, take it easy. You know, these guys are are, are busting their ass. Um, but there's no formal performance reviews in what we're doing day to day because I can I can say it's like, hey, these are the goals for the quarter. And if we don't accomplish them, you're, you're not doing your job, but then things can happen that change those goals. Like, in a in like a day, like all of a sudden we have to do something different. So like, I can't hold someone to a performance review that I set or like a performance metric that I set for them. If things are so fluid and changing all the time. So if everyone's just busting their ass and working and like, obviously you're not slacking off, then we're all good. So like, I understand the corporate world is a little bit different. I, and Waleed, you could talk a little bit more to that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I was just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not good at like collecting my thoughts about like what, what I've done like previously. I'm, I think I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I just don't worry about that stuff in the past and I just look towards the future but yeah it was just kind of hard to, for me to put my thoughts on what i accomplished or i've done the last year and my boss kind of made made me aware of it and i don't know kind of kind of made me feel good do you uh, do you have like regular weekly or uh, by like bi-weekly updates of like hey what are you working on what are what are your goals for this week that kind of stuff uh no just uh it, this was just like the year-end performance review Okay. Um, yeah, uh, we have like, and then we have like a mid-year. That's about it. Uh, when I was at Craft, we did one every quarter. Um, that's about it. Um, actually, no. Uh, at Craft, we also did towards the end. We we're doing biweekly one-on-ones, but yeah, like, and who set who sets these performance metrics for you? So, uh, well, at Craft, I had metrics. Uh, I don't really know who set those i'm guessing our director um but here at eagle i've i haven't had any metrics it's just more what have i done um what money have i saved and 
stuff like that. There hasn't been like actual metrics because this is kind of like a newer company. I mean, I think the company's about three, almost four years old. So it's like it's like hard numbers that they're basing this on, not just like, hey, I did this, this, and that, and like, look how much better this is. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of how it goes in the corporate world, I guess, from a bigger company to a smaller company. And then in my first company, we just had like one year end review, and it was just it, it's that um, I guess at that company it was a little more negative because they don't want to your Perform your your review your review is based on your your rate, right? Yeah. Your rate, yeah. So they didn't, if they didn't want to pay you too much, then they would say like, "Oh, you didn't do that good." I'm like, "Okay, but that doesn't make any sense because you said I did good." But <laughs> <laughs> but 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 like you gave me like four high fives this year. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah, like uh, if it was based off like five stars and like she wanted to give me like four or five stars on something. It'd be like, no, I got to give you like one star, two stars. It's like, okay, that what doesn't do look good. What do you think about like performance reviews where your peers and your customers or your vendors give you like a rating and then they base it off of that? Um, I mean, that's kind of like, like Yelp reviews for, for jobs. Yeah. I mean, like I wouldn't mind that, but I guess you could kind of do performance based off like your service rate. Uh, if you're in the, like, well, for me, I'm in the CPG industry. So, you know, am I, am I servicing, you know, all cases that are ordered and am I getting it there on time? Am I getting it there at the lowest cost? Stuff like that. That's kind of what I get measured on mainly. That's, that's why I like sales because sales, there's a clear goal and then there's a clear kind of repercussion to whether or not you met that goal. It's like, Hey, I increased sales by X amount. And brought this many more dollars into the company so i deserve x amount more or you know you know we diversified our sales to these these and these verticals and you know it made our company x amount stronger um i don't know i feel like sales is an easy way to i mean but then again sales is based like sales salaries is commission based so you're getting paid on it no matter what um yeah, it's, it's it's more difficult to do it with with uh, positions that don't necessarily have a revenue component to it. Yeah, it's more um, on our side. It's just all about cost savings. That's really yeah. it. Cost savings and and, and servicing. Um, that's about it. So, well, that's Scott, what, you, what 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 is your performance review look like being a dialysis tech? Um, pretty much. Reliability. I mean, um, I have kind of just a very clear cut job, clear cut. I'll be back. <clears throat> clear cut responsibilities. I mean, have to perform service for you know individuals every single day. As long as I make that uh, perform that service as you uh, frankly put or use earlier seamlessly as possible. Um, you know, I um, live up to the state standards or what the the standards are for. Um, taking care of patients, like I said, my reliability, coming to work on time, performing those duties to the best of my ability, um, making sure everyone uh, kind of gets their treatment done properly yet. Like I said, just reliability for the most part. Do you ever get do you ever any complaints from patients? Uh, I had a situation this past year where a patient kicked me, um, and my boss kind of had to come in and uh, take that. It was like a... Um, uh, 
she had to make an incident report essentially. And she was saying that, well, I pretty much told what happened. This guy was just upset. Uh, he thought that I had purpose. He had a nasal cannula, which are the little plastic tubes that go in your nose to help you breathe oxygen. And he was transferring out of his chair into the dialysis chair. When I pulled it off of his oxygen, it tugged on his ears. And he thought I like yanked on it on purpose. Him and I had that, and I had a good vibe with each other. And that was kind of just what pushed him over the edge and kicked me. So we had to do that. Um, but for the most part, I think my, my patients, uh, um, I mean, I do a good job. They respect so there's no issue really. However, there are people I do know that no bueno. They shouldn't be at the job. Really? Like what? Yeah. Uh, just so uh, one of the main things that we have to take care of is like our patients have accesses, which is like um, where we put the needles into their arms so that we can actually pull the blood from their body or their catheters. And um, I've had a I've worked with coworkers that uh, have like damaged people's accesses because they don't use the proper techniques or don't rotate the sites or don't actively clean the areas they're supposed to clean and people get infections and um, yeah, shit like that. Stuff that can injure people. Yeah, yeah fuck them up. Um, Nick, you there? Yep. Did you ever have a performance review when you had your, you had like, how many, how many, um, like, Jobs did you have? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was so hard for you to get that. I didn't, know, I didn't, want, to say, like, I didn't want to say real jobs because, like, Nick's like he's doing big things, but like, that was the first so, thing. Like, like, how many performance reviews did, did you have when you had a real job? So, I had, I think, I mean, I had like outside of like factory work and like I had two real jobs. So, one of, one of them was Peapod delivery, and the other one was a sale, sales for a startup. Um, for the sales first, the job where I was working sales first startup, it was too young of a company for any type of performance reviews. And then Peapot, it was just, you know, like customer service type stuff. So like, I never had an official performance review. Um, I just always just like tried to do my best to not just, I just did my best at what I was doing. So, um, I never was in a position where someone said, Hey, this is where you can improve um, things like that. I mean, I have that like with Dan and like, like I have conversations with Dan and say like, Hey man, where, 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 where can I be better? What can I improve? What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? That's more of like an informal, like where can I improve um, conversation? Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering. Um... <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to, to offend, but that was the person that came in my head, even though real jobs. I, didn't I don't think Nick gets offended that easily by <laughs> fucking. <laughs> Not offended at all. I didn't even catch a uh, a hint of offense. Okay, good. Yeah, that's because we're friends. Um, what else? Uh, Scott, you have a sign? Sorry. Okay, hey, can uh, we talk? Can we talk about? Can you talk about uh, uh, my question on whether or not we can talk shit about Russians people? Yeah, what about them? So, like, uh, is it okay now to talk smack about Russians because America hates them? Yeah, yeah they're communists. When has it never been okay to? Yeah, I never talk have about. I mean, Russia. like, I mean, I don't know. I think, I, I mean, <laughs> I know a couple Russian people, and they're and they're great. But like, I feel like uh, it's, you know. They're- they're well, spying. listen, I mean, we, we talk shit about people based on the stereotypes, you know, their stereotypes. So, 
uh, obviously there's great Russians and they don't live up to the stereotypes or even if they have the stereotypes, they have more redeeming qualities that you over, you know, that allows you to overlook whatever the things that you're going to make fun of them for. Um, but yeah, like I'm not talking, I'm not talking about talking about like an individual person because they're Russian. I'm talking just about like Russians in general, like, ah, fucking Russians. Um, I mean, is that a bad, is that a bad thing? Even, even though we're like kind of at war with them right now? Not really. I mean, anytime I do something stupid, I, I always reference that it's the Polish part of me that caused me to do, <laughs> to do something stupid. Hey, man, Pol- Poland never did anything to you or to America. We we brought you the horses with Kashmir Pulaski. Like, we're, like, we're good people. Exactly. You guys have, you guys, you've been a, 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 a well, a great people, I guess, and I'm still And 25% your... of you, too, so don't well, just give what, it all to well, me. Well, 50%, and I'm, still 50%. Re- and I'm still finding a reason to make fun of it. <laughs> it's just, it's a, I mean, it's a... now, here, I mean, we're just looking at strict numbers here, but you and I hung off of a speeding car together, and you're 100% Polish, and I'm 50 <laughs> You think <laughs> maybe that had anything to do with it? And you and you did hang out. You did hang on only half the time, so that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the Polishness. It was just, uh, I think, it was the, the youth kicking in. Yeah, and the alcohol consumption. I think that too. Right. Right. Yes. Dude, I don't think I was, Russians have migrated to America for me to like stereotype them. I just call them communists. That's about it. Well, I mean, you got to admit they're cra- oh, they're crazy drivers. They all have dash cams. This is what you see on YouTube. Those are those are the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're cringy, but like they they funny. you know they they love a huge a huge uh, stereotype about Russians is they love to drink. Well, I know for a fact that the well, at least back when I was in college, uh, I had a teacher who actively was like a um, um, I don't know what you would call him a. Uh, he he went to Russia when he was younger and likes to focus. He was an agriculture teacher and liked to focus on Russians' agriculture. He was a big fan of Russia. But he, I remember taking his course and he said that the life expectancy for males in Russia at the time, two thousand, I don't know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, was like fifty years old. The males, like thirty years shorter than than the females. In every other culture, it's only a couple of year difference. In Russia, it was like. 30 fucking years because they drink so much fruits. Hey, uh, yeah, I mean, stereotype. Who cares? I mean, as long as no one takes it to heart, as you're not malicious. I'm sure you wouldn't want to say any of these things when you're, if you're actually ever in Russia, though. That, that, would, that wouldn't be prudent. Prudent. Yeah, not very discretionary. All right. What was your input on it, Nick? You said you wanted to talk yeah. about it. I don't know, I just feel like, like, not that I make jokes about Russian, but I, I just like saying when I'm in a hurry, it's like, hey, why are you Russian? Um, but, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's the only thing. I just, I just we, we talked about Chernobyl and how Russia tried to cover things up, and I feel like they do a lot of bad shit. Um, oh, they have. That's one of those things I wanted to talk about is, or not really talk about. Here, science topic. We can, since you brought up Chernobyl, so... In the last episode, they talked about like when they realized that the reactor was actually exposed, how they were going to try to stop the radioactive isotopes from leaving the <clears throat> the reactor core. They said we got to dump sand and boron on it. Um, what's boron? I mean, it's, I didn't know what that was. It's an, ele- it's an element. Based on what I was reading, it's essentially an element that acts. So the radioactive isotopes 
com shooting out of the reactor essentially and what the boron is supposed to do is absorb those radioactive isotopes the, the neutrons are shooting off of the the iodine and uranium and the boron is supposed to kind of absorb it so it doesn't spray out into the, the environment of the atmosphere so that was kind of what the whole like the sand was to smother the actual fire that was going on in the reactor and the boron was supposed to absorb a lot of the radiation so it didn't work no it was because of their delivery method essentially got it um but yeah. Oh, but yeah, during that time, I mean, they, they did some crazy shit. I read a, a book called Chernobyl Diaries, and it was about people who said, like, during that time frame, because it, it happened in Ukraine, <clears throat> and one of the hospitals or these individual stories were coming from is that, like, it was such a huge national emergency that kind of the infrastructure of uh, societal infrastructure kind of started to break down a little bit, and, like, Russians were... I don't know if they were actively at war or just occupying Ukraine at the time, but they were soldiers sure. were, yeah, soldiers were like going to hospitals and going to where women were having children and literally ripping babies out of women and like bayoneting the babies and throwing them out the window and stuff because of the, uh, the conflict that was going on in between Russia and Ukraine at the time it was pretty, pretty wild stuff. Working on Russians. Yeah. Joseph Stalin, bro. Uncle Joe. Was that a free sign topic? Uh, I mean, yeah, simply, yeah, that, that was, that was the small science topic was that was, uh, I guess when I was reading, they said they would have also added lead in another elemental component to the mixture. It wouldn't have just been boron and sand. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the whole deal to smother, smother the reactor and then have all these different elemental components to try to absorb as much radiation um, yeah. as possible. But the big problem was all the smoke and the particulates that were involved in the actual explosion that were spreading everybody. I mean, it was getting into the waterways and people were drinking water and they were breathing in these small little particulates. Getting radioactive isotope. That's why you're supposed to take. So that was a cool little fact is that uh, in the show, they're telling people to um, take iodine tablets or a few of the characters take iodine tablets. Yep. And I guess it's because um, one of the reasons why people get sick from the radiation is that they were using an isotope that was iodine like 161. And your your thyroid gland absorbs that stuff, so they're taking they're telling people to take iodine tablets, so their their thyroid glands absorb iodine already, so they can't absorb the iodine for that's in the air. Essentially, it's like you overload your iodine stores so that your body doesn't try to pull it out of the air anymore. So that was, I guess, the science behind that. But yeah, that was my science topic. Sorry, we didn't get so it. Scott, following up on that, why is <clears throat> salt, why is iodized salt a thing? Do we need iodine? Well, it used to be it. I mean, yeah. I mean, shit, man. The English used to die crossing the the uh, uh, the Atlantic until they realized would get really sick until they realized you got to eat limes. Limes? You ever heard like you know like uh, what are stereotypical like derogatory names for groups of people like the British? You call them limeys. It's because they when they used to they were an uh, an ocean faring people. They were on the ocean a lot, and sailors would get scurvy. And someone realized that if you eat citrus fruit or limes or lemons, uh, you don't get scurvy. So that's why they're called limeys. How, how do you eat scurvy? <laughs> what is scurvy? Uh, I, I think it's a vitamin C deficiency or something like that. Or, yeah, some, some type of main vitamin that uh, is in citrus fruits. So I think it might be vitamin C. Don't quote me on that, though. I'm going to quote you on it. All right. <laughs> Misinform our entire audience. Quoted by Scott Petraco. Tens of <laughs> uh, I've got, I've got uh, work at five o'clock in the morning. So um, if we can take a break and then maybe finish up. Yeah, yeah. we'll take a. Uh, 
we'll take a anchor break and Nick, can you come back for our our finale of our? Yeah, you got to stick for the finale. At least get in a finale. few jabs about how shitty it was, or what you had to experience, yeah. or how much you hate it. You experienced the rise and the fall, like you you were part of history. With what? You said that the greatest show that oh oh ended Game terribly. Of Game of Thrones, the greatest show that never was. All right. Well, in this last in this last eight minutes, let me just get my deep thought in. Oh yeah, um, go for it. So, something I've been thinking about is maybe I've talked about this before, but I don't know. But like, um, the power of saying thank you to someone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, maybe yeah. I've talked to you guys about this outside Gratitude. the podcast. But you know, like living here in Arkansas, people are a little bit more friendly. People say hi when you're walking around and stuff like that. <laughs> and although, although we're thankful for a lot of things that we do and like you know you guys setting up this podcast and like you know uh getting a ride to the airport or you know making breakfast and stuff like we don't say thank you enough and like we're kind of we think it's uncool um what? so I was, I, like i mean if people like seriously like if like we don't say thank you enough we we say we like to talk about the negative of like hey man you fucked up here but like we don't praise people enough, and I just think that the power of of thank you goes a long way. Um, just for like little things, like you know, someone opens the door for you, say thank you, and like say say it and mean it. Don't just say thanks. Oh, awesome. well, um, see, that was one of those things. Oh, I'm sorry, finish your thought. My apologies. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, that was one of those things I've kind of uh, prided myself on. Uh, yeah, you do a good yeah. job. My entire life is my parents. Like I was the type of kid that if I sat at the dinner table, like my parents, we had to be be at the dinner table every single day. It didn't matter. But if I like came, even as a kid, if I came to the dinner table with a baseball hat on, my dad would would even ask me to take it off initially. Like he would just slap it off my head. It was it was so. I mean, that's the kind of household that I grew up. <laughs> thank yous and pleases and like. I remember my parents talking about how all the other, uh, the parents of the students that were I went to grade school with, and then my brothers and sister went to grade school with, would always come to my parents and be like, your kids are so well behaved, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of just translated into adulthood. Like, I actually get, that's one of my biggest pet peeves probably is people that show proper gratitude. Something as simple as, like, me, like I said, I'm so petty that if I can sneeze, especially if I'm around a group of people that I interact with on a, a regular basis, like strangers is one thing, but if I'm around people at work, or or in my family or friends and i sneeze and someone doesn't say god bless you i'll like literally just say uh i'll say thank you out loud and people are like why'd you say thank you i'm like oh i just need to know said god bless you uh, i think it, I think it does, like depends like on the situation well that's what I'm saying. i i usually say i usually say god bless me uh yeah sometimes i'll do that uh yeah i'll just be like oh, i guess i'll bless myself yeah but like, <laughs> if you're, like a certain distance away from me like you sneeze like i'm not gonna like yell across from like Hey, God bless you. Well, yeah, that's yeah you know, so, so I mean, that's like you don't open, you don't hold the door open for a, a woman that's twenty feet away from the door, or thirty feet away from the door. So yeah. she's got to hurry up, and it's just like this weird. It kind of gets, it gets creepy. It gets physically yeah. awkward for me. So, um, I think that's kind of a standard. That's uh, what but, I've, what I've started doing when people sneeze. Like even if I'm like not in like distance with them, like if I can't say like God bless you across the room, I, God, I, I just no, I just say God bless you to myself. I, say, God, <laughs> I just. Say, I just say God bless you. You arrogant so like, fuck. No, no, just like no. I just not not like God bless me, but I just say God bless you. 
like even though they can't hear it like no the yeah, blessing, yeah, yeah, the yeah. blessing is you. still there you're set you have you have i think a, there's i think that there's a lot of people like you have this kind of mindset and just overall spiritual attitude that you just try to put positivity into the world all the time and just simply saying god oh. bless you is putting positivity in the world like whether it's exactly. they don't get the actual recognition or understand that someone said god bless you but the fact that you're acknowledging someone sneezed and just personally you are, are like i said i feel like trying to put something out to the east. yeah and, and now that you're tickling my balls, let me tickle yours. Your you your approach <laughs> when you talk to other people, like when you like meet parents and stuff. Hello, Mister Matt. Hello, Miss Mister. You know, Mister Hamden, Miss Mrs. Hamden, or whatever. Like you know, you you do. There's a Mister Hamden. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you you're, you do a good job of being uh, respectful to elders and just like people in general. Um, oh, for sure. I, I, I don't have that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if my my mom didn't teach you manners, or I, I was just too. Uh, you just a fucking Neanderthal. Yeah, just, just an asshole as a kid. Um, but I've I've done. You said I, the streets raised you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but I think like, but I think um, I've been teaching myself to be more uh, more polite and and proper and and say please and thank you more. It means a lot to people. Just when... thank you. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I feel like I feel like just a lot of interactions with people from day to day are so mundane and and are a, a blip in your you know your memory. You don't even remember ninety percent of the people, more than ninety percent of the people you've yeah. run into. So something as simple as someone saying thank you, or just common decency, just like improves, elevates you above like everybody else throughout the day. You know, like like I said, your attitude. Yeah. Uh, something is like a patient saying thank you after me having like an arduous two hours of heavy, heavy work and they just like are emphatically th- thankful for me getting them an additional blank. It's just like, all right, you know, there's no reason to be upset right now. This person showed thanks and, and gratitude. So it kind of, it helps me kind of get through the day. Yeah. Um, and then kind of like at work, like I'll, I'll like customer service email me and like I'll, you know, I'll do something and then, um, or no, They'll, they'll do something for me and then I'll just say like thank you back and then like they'll send like a smiley face back like it means I guess it means the world to them when I do that yeah um, the little so, things yeah, In most yeah cases, so I do that. at the end of the day just just be thankful and when you are thankful even if you're not saying it make sure you express that express your thankfulness yeah I just feel like um, it's hard for me to do it because it feels forced and yeah, it means, well, here, here's something I feel like that I that I, I that doesn't have to be forced uh, ever is putting life really into perspective. I mean, we grow, and most of us, I feel like, I mean, uh, none of our friends are currently just really wealthy, but I think every everyone's surviving. No one is relying, um, and not that there's anything wrong with some people needing a, a leg up by getting like government uh, um, uh, uh, assistance, but but everyone is, everyone is taking care of themselves. Everyone is relatively successful. And just remembering that, hey man, you know, we, even if you are the poorest person in this world, you are richer than, you know, 80% of the people in this world. You have a roof over your head. Taking advantage and thanking yourself for the, like, the, the basic needs that you take advantage of or overlook every day. Like I said, just having food in your fridge or having a job to go to or having transportation to get to your job. I mean, little things like that, I feel like people overlook and it can, you know, you wake up one day and you realize that you have to take a bus because you can't afford a car. It makes a big difference. Yeah. True that. All right. Uh, that was Good way to end the first segment. Um, appreciate it. Frank. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I just want to thank our sponsor, Harry's, as, as well. Uh, no. <laughs> I love that. That might be the longest. That might be the longest running segment right there. 
I, I was actually at Target um, this weekend, and they had like a huge hey, like display guys- for them uh, for Father's Day. So well, they're they're Target- a good brand. They're a solid brand, and I appreciate their support. Oh, that's something we could talk pay about us. real quick pay afterwards. Us, pay us, pay us. Fuck you, Harry. Hello. Hello. We're back. <laughs> Hello. I'm gonna be loud and clear. All right, good. All right, what'd you want to talk about before we went to break? Uh, I mean, I closed out my my thank you uh, piece. I think you guys want to talk about Game of Thrones, which means I'm gonna go to sleep right now. No, no. Didn't you say you wanted to say something right before break? No, I, that was me. But okay, oh, I, I, I want to go to bed too. Um, all right. No, well, you're gonna leave our listeners hanging, so you just gotta say it. Well, let I, them hang until the next episode. Until not, we. Uh... No, I think. It's all right, I'll just say what I was saying is that. It, we talk about Mother's Day, and I know Father's Day is coming up, and I wonder what the difference is on either gifts that are bought for fathers compared to mothers or the amount of money that's spent. Like, I feel like my dad, at least when I was younger, a lot of dads get, like, tools or shit that requires them to advance, you know, improve the house. Or, or like, oh, you got a new well, lawnmower. They want oh, great, so I can cut the grass better. It's not, like, actual gifts. Well, like, what can you get? It Like, that's what a dad wants to do. That's, like, the drive behind a man, it, like, is to better their their family. Well, yeah, I mean, if if, if, uh, if a dad loves being, you know, he's uh, barbecuing on Saturdays or Sundays and you get him a new grill, that's something that's certainly applicable like, or, or a good gift. But, like I said, my dad was a carpenter for Christmas and stuff all the time in his birthdays. He would get, like, screwdrivers and other tools. He's <laughs> just like, yeah, this, this is great. I get I get to do my job a little better. When when I'm a dad, that's all I want to get. Just like things that are gonna make my life easier to to make my family better. Oh wow, you just made me look like an asshole. Then so fuck you. No 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 no. I mean like what else? Like what else? Nick would mind. Nick would mind like a uh, a brand new iPad or a brand new MacBook. Yeah, of course, sure. Why not? Technically, that would be family because like another startup. Yeah. See, that's why I don't want to bring this up because I don't want to talk about this. So let's. um... So I don't. I don't have a father. (laughs) so father's day was never a thing for me right so i mean i can't talk to it but as someone that will eventually be a father um whoa, whoa, i want whoa, things whoa, that are whoa. gonna make my life easier you trying to break some news right here <laughs> i'm pregnant no <laughs> um i'm just saying eventually you know yeah i got you i got you all right, so Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, Game of Thrones, our, our longest-running segment on the show, coming to an end, the greatest show that never was. Wait, is um, it over for, for, like, that was the last episode? Yeah. Yeah, it's a ser- series. series finale. Finale. Season. Series. I didn't I didn't hear a lot of news about it, which means it must have not been so good. Uh, it was predictably bad, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of, it was kind of part of the course of the whole season. Yeah, it just kind of. I was glad it was over. Like I said, I was watching it and just like I fast forward through some. I mean, <laughs> I fast forward through some of the series yeah. fucking finale because I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Um. No, I, I watched the whole thing. Um. Yeah. It. It, it sucked. Uh. I, I didn't. I mean, I wasn't like outraged. There. There. There's definitely outrage on, on the interwebs, but. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. But, but like, if you're expecting like something to like blow your dick off, like after watching this entire season, it's like... Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I what happened, I expected. I was underwhelmed this entire season, and this, this year's fan, I was underwhelmed, but I just, like I said, it was, it's over with. It was what I expected. The one thing that was redeeming was the fact that John saw Ghost. Yeah. I, and real quick, so... was We was, didn't do a spoiler alert. 
Oh yeah, sorry. Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Well, like Ghost is well, really, I really like, don't care, but like, yeah, his dog's not really that pivotal to the story, but yeah. But uh, spoilers. Uh, when they were showing him with the wildlings leaving the wall, uh-huh. was that supposed to be a subtle hint that he's going to be the king north of the wall? That's that's what I thought too. Um, but he's still a nice watch. So is he going to be beheaded for being a deserter? Yeah. Also, why do you need a Night's Watch when there's no more White Walkers, White Walkers and, and your Jon Snow made peace with the Wildlings? And I thought the winter was here. I don't get it. So that's Yeah, when your winter just like... <laughs> just came and yeah. <laughs> It lasted fucking two weeks. Yeah. So stupid. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, poor story. Just lazy writing what's been the whole season. Um, what else? What else happened? Yeah, it just didn't make any sense with Brand, Brand being king. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, Tyrion's little monologue about Brandon while he was like, I've been doing a lot of thinking. I've had a lot of time to think. And he thinks, oh, Brandon, uh, you got pushed from a fucking tower and can't use your dick anymore. Uh, you should be king. Yeah, and then and then they're all like, I. And then they get to Sansa, and Sansa's like, wait, you got to let me be independent. And then he's like, okay. She's like, I. Yeah, yeah, the, the seven people that were there to choose the king all said yes, and then, oh, she got her little yeah. So why, yeah, why wouldn't the other kingdoms then, like, if you want to be independent too? Sounds, I mean, that's, that was not only collusion, but it was nepotism at its finest. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was kind of dumb. Well, oh, and then when they had that close-up of John stabbing Daenerys, like, making it seem like who stabbed who, like, Daenerys has never carried a single weapon on her the entire series of uh, of this show and yeah. then they try to do like a like a a spoiler or like a or not spoiler uh what am i thinking of like a like a they did that close-up shot where they they wanted who to make John it seem like da- da- yeah, yeah they wanted to seem like well, who stabbed who because they both like had that shot face and they, you've seen that in other movies and videos and like yeah, yeah, or yeah. uh tv shows where like you don't know who got shot or mm-hmm. like what happened and like i that, didn't that do this it didn't surprise me at all like who got stabbed well, of course not. Um, so that That's was kind of said, stupid. Overall, um, I think underwhelming just kind of uh, uh, exposes the season for what it is. Like that's the perfect word to describe it. Just underwhelming. Yeah, and then and then uh, I saw something that was like extremely close to like how Lord of the Rings ended. Like the 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 filming that they did, like the scenes that they did at the end when they're all like people riding off in the sunset, people are sailing off to another sunset, and it's just like. They showed like similarities between that and yeah, I mean it was just like a stereo, like how you close out a fairy tale in a fucking kid's book. Yeah, I mean it was just yeah, I was I mean I wasn't like I said I wasn't expecting anything because of how bad this this season last season was gone, but um, you know it just was just lazy, lazy. lazy. It is what it is. What I wanted to find out was from you, Nick. Yes. In your in your observation of of this fandom about the show. Do you ever have you ever experienced this yourself in another show, or are you just completely you just disgusted the fact that people enjoy a show this much? I'm not disgusted. Um, I mean, I've like I have my own like addictions to shows and YouTube and and stuff like that. Like when I was laid out with my back injury, I watched the entire season of Breaking Bad in like a week, like all eight or nine seasons or whatever. So I was like 24 hours a day watching a show. <laughs> um, like I could just see about, you fucking one, doing one, that. Yeah, one thing about Game of Thrones that I don't think I'd ever be able to get into is like the amount of like this is gonna make me sound like a uh, a lame ass, but like 
the gore, the killing, the the negative kind of like, oh, this person did that. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't think I'd be able to get into it because of, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you feel good after watching an episode of, of uh, Game of Thrones? Uh, yeah, I mean, not, not good. I mean, sometimes there'd be like just shock and like awe. Like you couldn't believe that they just killed yeah, the main the amount character. Of emo- the amount of emotions that are invoked in an episode or, or that can invoke can be invoked in an episode or uh, like a roller coaster, man. Yeah. yeah. And then like... I mean, I, I appreciate the like storytelling and like the what they put on and like the amount of hype they, they've gotten around it, like valid hype. Um, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to watch it. I think I think for me, experiencing something that where everything I've watched before, movies or TV shows, like Good Guy Always Wins and like Saves the Day, like this show like turns that I like that upside down on its head. Yeah, I like that. I don't like I don't like when the good guy doesn't win. Yeah, but that's everything though. Yeah, that's not reality. Yeah. Right, right. but like but like I'm not watching shows for reality. Reality's gonna tell me the good guy doesn't win. Like in my day to day life, why do I need to watch something that's gonna say that? Um, What's I saying? You just want to watch something that pampers your idea of what? Not pampers. I'm like you're you're using words that like have a negative connotation. I I just like watching, like the the point of shows and media and stuff is to to kind of escape from everyday reality. Uh, why wouldn't you want to escape in a reality that makes you feel better at the end of it? Well, I mean. Like you're not like I study things that about like I mean, we were just talking we were just talking about how shitty Russians are. Why would we like like why do people study history if there's a lot of terrible things that have happened in history? I mean, because you can learn from that. Because you can learn from that. Like, can you learn from watching? Like, tell me if I'm wrong. Can you learn? What do you What do you learn from What do you learn from watching TV shows about the nothing? I'm not like that's intent. I'm not intending to learn. If I want to learn, I'll watch a TED talk. Well, yeah. Well, that, I mean, I don't think anyone's trying to learn anything when watching Game of Thrones. But like, right. I said, so like, my, then my 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 thought on that is then, if you're trying to escape reality in in what a show is supposed to do, why escape it in a way that's going to make you feel like shit? Not that not that it makes you feel like shit. I know, like the rush of emotion, the rush of emotions and stuff is great, and like the shock and the awe, and like, oh shit, what. <laughs> well listen i mean going back to what you said you watched uh you watched breaking bad in the entire series in a week and it was about a guy who cooked meth and sold meth and killed people so uh it's just one of those shows that came that it's it is a it's a show that's based on a a, uh, uh, series of books that has just unbelievable writing i mean yeah i get i get why some i respect that I get why some people don't like the show, the 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 sexual aspect, or the they. I mean, there's a lot of uh, references to incest in the show. There's a lot of violence. I, yeah, I understand why people wouldn't watch it because of those things. But if you're a person that can look past that and just kind of appreciate how well written and just the twists and turns that take place uh, within these characters that you come to love and hate, and just the character development and the story arcs and how they vary right. so much. Uh, then I mean that's kind of, that's why I think so many people are are enamored with it is because yeah like, that's, like, the, the, the writing is just riveting, and that's what I appreciate it as an outset appreciate appreciate about it as an outsider is like this the fact that this writer and these producers can create something that some people so many people are enthralled with, and like the storytelling and like the shock and the awe like that's great, um, I 
I mean, I don't know. I just don't. No, I understand. I'll never, I never, I, I was never a person that I, because I know who you are. I never tried to really promote talking about Game of Thrones because I really, that's not something you'd be interested in. Just like, you know, like, oh, you know, I'll try to make Scott watch Dude Perfect, even though it's the worst fucking thing on the planet. (laughs) uh... Uh, So how much do you think, so like, how much of Game of Thrones do you think, uh, how how am I going to ask this? The popularity of Game of Thrones. How much of it do you think has accounted from the fact that so many people watched it and people got kind of influenced into watching it because so many other people watched it so they wanted something to talk about or the camaraderie of it and things like that? Well, I know... uh... I mean, I feel like it was, I mean, it was an under the radar kind of show and got its popularity, its real popularity, especially by that third season when they have that kind of red wedding, that really explosive uh, scene that happens in in like the middle or the end of the third season. Um, That's when like all these reaction videos on YouTube started popping up on the internet and people were like, oh, why would people react about this show? And it kind of got traction because of like social media and stuff. Uh, But they did a great job. Like right when the 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 first season came out, I think they released like the first five episodes. Like within, they didn't wait the weekly time slot that they normally did. They just released like, or maybe it was even the whole season. They just released the whole season on uh, on HBO, and it was kind of just like I said, it got traction that way. But yeah, I mean, the way I got into it was kind of what you said. the The first season was free on HBO. I didn't have HBO, so I. I think I was like, it was like one summer where I was just unemployed and a piece of shit. And so, <laughs> so I just decided to watch it. Um, and yeah, I was hooked on like the first episode and then, and then I got started on the second season. That's when I came in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great, like, obviously it's a great show, great writing. They did a great job with it. Well, they're doing yeah. a spinoff. Uh, it, it's filming right now. It'll premiere next year. Nick, you got to watch that. Um, have you guys watched? Oh, have you guys watched this show called Good Girls? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's the next show you guys need to get addicted to because it's it's a good show. It's kind. Of, I mean, it's not dark. I mean, it's dark. It's it's entertaining. Um, there's a little bit of murder in it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just I, I don't know like any, any show that's good you're gonna get sucked into no matter who you are so like it's 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 on you as a person to decide what you want to get sucked into I bet you if I watched the first season of Game of Thrones I would watch all of the seasons because I would fall in love with the storytelling I'm just choosing not to at this point yeah um, and I think that's the reason why people haven't gotten like the people who haven't got into it are just like too far. I gotta invest uh, fucking eighty hours of my life into the show to yeah. catch up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the people talking yeah, about it, but the people who like who haven't watched it and then are like right now are chirping. Uh, all of us who, who've watched it for like the last like ten years, like I don't like they, their opinion doesn't bother me because like the most of those people are like fucking Neanderthals. Um, <laughs> uh, so no, no, it was like I said, I'm not gonna take away from ten years of of greatness um just for the shitty last season but yeah it, it captivated me it not i don't think i've ever been invest that invested in a show ever in my entire life um, wow. yeah i mean um to, are you happy it's over or are you sad it's over i think i talked about it like a few weeks ago like hey, i'm just happy it's over like it just um 
the, the season wasn't going that well and um it was kind of embarrassing and um yeah, it a was let down. Actually, I was like, yeah, I was yeah. embarrassed. Oh, yeah, was pretty, yeah, pretty much just embarrassed. Like, it's going to ruin the season, like, the series, because, like, the series was so fucking great. And, um, and yeah, this last season was just, This like, might be the biggest travesty that's ever experienced in Miami. Yeah, it, no, it really it's, is. Um, it's, like, worse than any famine or anything that's ever happened. This is, like, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there, there was a petition to, to make them redo this season. Uh, like, it's got over a million signatures. <laughs> that's how petty people it, are. It's now. funny. It's funny how that can get a million signatures, but if like a real like issue that we're all facing can't get like fifty thousand. No, bro, we're being controlled by the government, man. They're Not the government. We're being problem. controlled by the the producers of like weird shows on HBO. Yeah, they're trying to distract us from the real problems. That's that's yeah, what's going just... on. <laughs> Stay woke. All right. Um. Yeah, that's really all I had. Um, sad, sad it ended, but good. Happy that it ended because it wasn't doing that well, but still sad. Uh, yeah, now I can spend the rest of my Sunday doing something but watching that horse shit. <laughs> but I have, yeah, I have nothing to look forward to on Sunday nights anymore. Yeah, that was kind of the only thing is just like the ritual of sitting, like preparing like the rest of your day and then being home by 8 o'clock so you can watch a show. But yeah, whatever. There's plenty of fucking uh, content out there for me to get on board. Dude, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but yeah, I got I got to go to bed. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Um, we'll coordinate. We we didn't even talk. We didn't even talk about your sales thing. That's fine. We can save it for another time. Next week. Next week. Next week. All right. You guys have a good night. I miss you guys. Yeah, I miss you too. Miss you too, brother. See you soon. Yeah, I, I, miss, I wish I wish you would have been out with us on Saturday. It was a fucking mistake, and I wish more people would have made it with me. A mistake? What'd you guys do? Well, I mean, you know how Syed, when he gets in his, his pickleback moments, uh, yeah. we had nine picklebacks of Vegas bomb, and I had like three or four other drinks, and it was just, ugh, murder. <laughs> when when, oh, when yeah. you're... Our our bill was three hundred dollars, and it just included. I there was like one dish. We ordered one thing of food or two. <laughs> food. It was all just booze. It's terrible. All right, I want to hear more about this offline. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Take all care. Right, I'll talk to you later. Have a good night. See you, Nick. Bye. And thank you everyone for listening. All listeners. Yeah. Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. We'll see appreciate you next you week. Guys.